0: and welcome to another episode of the Caged in Podcast, a weekly podcast where me, your host, Petra Pat Silvers, breaks down a Nicholas film. sometimes with a guest, sometimes on my own. This week, however, is a little bit of a mix-up of things because it will be me on my own just talking about the film in general and then I will go over to an interview I did with the writer and an actor in this movie, Todd Farmer, who you may know wrote Jason X, a fantastic uh, reimagining of the Friday the 13th franchise where he put Jason Voorhees in space. Not only did he put Jason Voorhees in space, but in Drive Angry, he ripped Nicolas Cage out of hell on a revenge mission. Something that you could only see done in a Nicolas Cage movie. And especially in this time in Nicolas Cage's career, this is obviously... 2011. So this is just off of the back of Season of the Witch and Sorcerer's Apprentice, and he's got this bleached blonde hair. And this movie very much shows that blondes have more fun. And this is it's a movie that knows what it is. It it very much wears its heart on its sleeve and lets you know that it is a B movie, and it, it, it has no pretenses to be anything else but a b-movie and that's i commend it for that and i i I think like everybody knows you can see in the performances in cage's performance in just like the whole cast this like fantastic breakout role for amber heard um she's just playing it as this kind of like gutter-mouthed vulgar woman who is just fucking great and it's like it's violent it's nasty it's despicable, but it, all in those fun ways and just very much was made to be a 3D movie as well. So this this came out in, yeah, 2011, which was that massive boom a lot of you would have remembered uh, when Real D became like a massive thing. Like every movie is 3D this, 3D that, whether it's animated. But some some adult content was made in, in the 3D realm and this was one of them and it is... It is it, it's it's just fantastic to watch and it is it's it's really fun. And I'm not just saying this because I've got Todd on the show, like I enjoyed this movie just for all the reasons I just stated, because it knows it knows what it is and it's it's this story of Milton Channel, this man with no name character who just from the get-go, he's just out, he's about, he's doing his thing, and he's after Jonah King. This satanic cult leader played by Billy Burke. And we realize throughout the movie that when Milton's daughter was killed by him, um, he took her daughter to be a sacrifice for Satan because Milton and his followers, not Milton, uh <laughs> Jonah and his followers are very much this like satanic cult who think that they can bring about the Antichrist by sacrificing this soul and Milton doesn't want any of that but yeah it very much plays in the ballpark as well it's something that we see a lot later in Nicolas Cage's career in Mandy uh something in the way of it plays with that thing of masculinity and we 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 know this in this movie because Jonah has his genitals ripped off by Milton's daughter um which just really shows you like it, it that for me just felt like a real big stab at the idea of just kind of what masculinity is and kind of like the fragility of it and just how how pathetic men in power can be and um obviously this was filmed and written years and years ago but it's something that we see we see in the world a lot especially with like some of the world leaders that we have at the moment um but standout scenes for for me in this like one that just like jumps to the forefront of my mind anytime i think about it is there is like a absolutely fucking crazy moment when we see nicholas cage having sex with this woman she's she's riding him he is fully dressed and this is something that me and me and todd will mention is uh he's he's fully dressed and he's just like pumping away and he has a shootout and this shootout happens all the while whilst he's still having sex and it's just it's just bananas it's crazy um to back up a moment, just kind of like give you the broad strokes of this plot. It is this A to B story. As I said, it's very much, it knows what it is. It it, it just follows this simple plot of this revenge mission, but with a twist because, well, no, not really a twist because a lot of movies kind of have this trope as well. He is being seeked by the police. He is being seeked by the devil's own accountant, played by Billy Fickner, who is, again, fantastic chewing the scenery every time he's on screen and he's just having such fun with it as much as Cage as much as Amber Heard as much as all the cast even even Todd Farmer himself who pops up in this as Frank um, Piper's ex-girlfriend played by Amber Heard and everybody is just balls to the wall and we get like amazing cameos in this we get Todd Atkins um, from Halloween season of The Witch, he plays this kind of police commissioner like chief who there's this great scene on a highway where like Cage is barreling down with Amber Heard in the car and he's like, remember to aim for their like, aim for their tyres. it's the way he says tyres as well. It's the, it's the way that uh, us British people pretty kind of, tars, it's like tars. Uh, yeah, he's saying, aim for the tyres and he's like, when I say tars, I mean their heads. (laughs) And it's just this like it's I don't know. It's just really like, again, tongues firmly in the cheek throughout this whole movie. Um the way things play out, we get this amazing scene inside of a church when Milton kind of manages to infiltrate Jonah and his gang of fucking misfits, almost like a kind of red state-esque like cult, I guess very much uh like Waco style, just just very much like or Jim Jones drinking the Kool-Aid, that that kind of cult. They will do anything for this for this deranged egomaniac lunatic that is Jonah King. Um he confronts them in a church and he gets his eye shot out. Like what well, well, yeah, one of the things with milton is he's just he's indestructible like nothing can kill him and like he just he's like the terminator he just gets up he carries on he gets shot he goes he goes he goes he goes he goes and there's nothing that's stopping him this movie starts with hellfire and brimstone and we 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 don't really know what's going on and then we get this scene of cage like just fighting these guys and it's brutal from the get-go it's like it it's just like visceral and gross, and you can see the moments. Like unfortunately, like this time watching it, I saw it in the uh, cinema when it came out in 3D. But this time you can see all the moments where like the 3D would have been just perfectly like as cheesy as 3D can be. It would have just been perfectly fun and fine to see it in that in that way. Just all the stuff you kind of miss the things that are coming out of you and they they, they do they are very much That they are um they they are moments that like yeah that was supposed to be in 3d um so like other other moments in this film there's like very bizarre moments like some, some of the interactions with these characters are just like off the wall, crazy, and it just adds to the tone of of the movie in a whole, and um, there is this moment very early on where Milton's in a diner where Piper works, and this where we're introduced to Piper, and she's very like upfront and gobby and just like doesn't take any shit, but it's her like colleague, Milton has this like odd exchange for her, and just ends up like kissing her, and it's just like kind of like slightly like gross. But, like, at the same time, it's it's weirdly, like, it's sexy. It's got, it's like, sexy elements to it. I don't mean that like, a core. It's mean, like, there's, there's something about it. Just this kind of, like, B-movie grindhouse. Like, this is very much in the grindhouse thing before uh, Tarantino and, like, or not even before, but just kind of, like, without that, like, knowing wink-wink, nudge-nudge that Tarantino Rodriguez does. This is like this you can tell this is set out to be a grindhouse movie, and you can tell like Cage knows it. And he he's great in this. Like obviously a lot of these movies, like and around this time, this is just after like the financial problems that Cage started going through. But it gave us a chance to see him in something like this. I know a lot of people Look at this movie. and might think like be turned off by it. And be like, oh, he's he's jumped the shark. Like this movie jumps the shark from the first second, and like it no, know, it knows it's doing it. So like, I would massively uh, recommend it. And like, I've got to talk about one like uh, a, a, a a few other things. There's this thing called the God Killer Gun in this that's just this crazy old timey looking gun that cage has and he's like he looks like he's ripped it from the depths of hell and it it can it, it when it goes off it fucking goes off and we see the kind of full potential of it at the end when he kills jonah king and he makes a line halfway through the movie which is great about um wanting to like drink beer from jonah king's skull and we see a payoff at the end when he eventually kills him and he's got like, gets ripped into this interdimensional nothingness and his like skull is cracked open and it's just this fragment of skull left the perfect dome shape and milton uses it to drink a beer and it's like yeah by that moment by that moment if you're not at home or wherever you're watching this and just like kind of like that yeah fuck yeah then then this this movie isn't for you um I know this movie like critically and even on the box office didn't do too great. Like the budget for this was 50 million and it only grossed 28.9 million. But I think this is, and I I, I say this in so many episodes of this podcast, a lot of these like fun ones and a lot of like the good stuff that Cage has done, people kind of discount because they, they see him as this joke. And I think it's a real shame and i may- I may even mention this in 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 the interview later um but i'd really i really recommend this and I know I'm being quite brief about what what happens in it, but I don't know i really i really want to get onto the interview with with todd i i feel like that's more of the shining thing i don't I don't have a regular guest for this one, and it's more of a shining beacon of this episode is the is the interview with Todd. But before I do that, obviously, I need to tell you about Anagram. And we're over to my friend at Thomas underscore W underscore Hunter on Twitter, who provides me every week with an Anagram, who I can kind of like see whether it gives me a little information about the movie that that, that I've watched and, and whether it rings rings true and I think you know my opinion of this movie because I've already just said it's fun, it's it's silly, it knows it knows what it's all about, and yeah. Drive angry this week's anagram is very daring. And I'd go with that. This is daring. This is Cade kind of going out on a whim and well not a whim, but like, is this Cade doing something daring and that it is it is knowingly schlocky and b-movie and it's all the better for it and it's daring and just how like how sexual it is how violent it is how just kind of gross it's willing to go um and just yeah it to have your villain like known to like have his dick ripped off just even that imagery like to have your lead character have sex and then like have a shootout with it and just people's limbs getting cut off people like the the main character gets his fucking eye blown out and that is like that is like a kind of centerpiece for this movie like cars are destroyed like a comparison with this movie weirdly it's it reminded me of the blues brothers because it's kind of got this like man on a mission against the odds and he's kind of got the police after him he's kind of got all these different factions as it goes on he's getting more and more people pissed off of him and trying to track him down and yeah it's very much in that vein but just straight grindhouse straight schlock jock greatness like and I, i i i i i know those terms can probably sound to a lot of people like oh turn them off but like i i would i would highly recommend this movie Uh, i'm sure at a later date i will revisit this and do a kind of like full breakdown about it but with this interview i just kind of want to um let you guys hear that and yeah so I'll, i'll i'll go on over to to me and me and uh todd talking this is like a fragment of our conversation obviously i i did a full like kind of career Retrospective with Todd, but at a later date I'll release the whole thing. So enjoy, enjoy this this part of it. Kind of focused on Cage and Drive Angry. You mentioned uh, Patrick Lucier, who obviously directed uh, a film I very much want to talk about, which is uh, the Nicolas Cage starring Drive Angry. Um, yeah which you get a fantastic arse kicking in that movie. Uh, is it always your your choice to write yourself in or
1: is it just a perk no, of I mean, the job? Like, It was just a fluke. I mean, on it started on Jason X. In college, I I did a bunch of theatre. Yeah, yeah. and um, So then I think Sean asked me during Jason X, he said, do you want to play a part? And I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, you can play one of the grunts. Because they're the, the military guys. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, so I chose Dallas because he had the biggest role. And I'm a dick. <laughs> so it seemed like the, the way to go. And so then years later when we did, Patrick and I did uh, Bloody Valentine. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, there, was a, there was a role in that that was a, it was a sex role, but it was also a, it's a lot of special effects involved and though being around the business anytime at all you know that those those are two hardest things to shoot and the studio wanted to hire a local guy from Pennsylvania and there's probably a billion great actors in Pennsylvania but I was worried because I knew we were on a tight budget it was 3D and it was kind of new 3D and we didn't know you know we didn't know how it was going to go and yeah. and and so I was complaining about it and Patrick said yeah I know would you do it and so <laughs> that's how I ended up doing Bloody Valentine and then when we, when it came time to do Drive Angry, the character was basically an homage to Drive Angry's character. It was the same name. It was, you know, he's still a dick. It's basically <laughs> the same character. But uh he keeps dying and coming back. Spoiler. So in
0: regards to Drive Angry, what was the genesis of that? Because as an outlooker, like, I had to I had to like look it up and be like, this feels like it could be based on some kind of like graphic novel, but it's 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 from your twisted mind, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was you know the the old um, grindhouse, Race mm-hmm. with the Devil. It was those kind of movies that. I mean, what we had done is we we made this three D movie, and it was a big success. Yeah, and we were like, well, what do we follow that with? What what else could be filmed in three D that would be cool? And we thought, well, what about a car movie? And so that's really where it that's where it started. The idea originally was uh, Tom Atkinson. It's, it, it's, I didn't mean to wear the shirt on purpose, but yes, <laughs> and uh, and Betsy Rue, who was in Bloody Valentine. What we thought we would do is just make this little dirty movie for like five million, for you know, for yeah, yeah. a very low budget grindhouse movie. And um, the idea was we thought because we thought My Bloody Valentine would be successful, and so two weeks before it came out, we pitched it to Lionsgate, and with the idea. We will make you the sequel that you want, but we want it on the side. When we're done, we'll go shoot this little movie called Drive Angry. And, uh, and then the movie came out, was a huge success. Valentine came out, huge success. And we, they never called us. So <laughs> we ended up writing the script on our own. We went out with it. And you know it became a, a different monster at that point, especially when Cage got involved.
0: Yeah, so when when did Cage come like on board was that was that something that was written into the script or changes once he came on board
1: there were changes when he came on board uh (laughs) but not um but like basically his changes like Mm -hmm. like he would be on set and he would make changes to his dialogue with that kind of change we didn't rewrite the character or rename the character or do anything different um when we wrote it we wrote it out of frustration because Suddenly 3d had become this huge thing and we weren't getting any jobs because people were were saying 3d was a fluke But at the same time everybody was suddenly doing it. And so we wrote this script. We'd had this idea which and um, it was Sort of High Plains Drifter part High Plains Drifter part road movie and um, we wrote it, went out with it, and we got a lot of really good press on it. Like we had a lot of, of producers very interested. And we met with all these different producers and we'd go in and we'd say, What do you want to do? And they would give us their notes and then we'd go to the next producer. And we were about to make a decision. And then one of the agents called up and said, You know You got to meet with Mike DeLuca. Mike DeLuca had ran New Line back when I did Jason X. And so I, you know, Mike DeLuca greenlit my very first movie. So we went, we met with him and it was like love at first sight. I mean, mm-hmm. it was I, I've, he was quoting lines. He was, we were like, what do you want to do with it? He said, well, you know, what, you know, what, what do you want to do? What notes do you have? Because everybody else had notes. And he was yeah. like, go oh, shoot it. He <laughs> was great. And so, you know, when you have somebody like Mike DeLuca, he picks up the phone and calls Nicolas Cage because they were doing, they were doing something together. I can't remember what movie it was. Um, they had just wrapped something. And so he, maybe it was Ghost Rider. I can't remember what Mike was on. But, um, but he called Nick, and Nick read until the uh, part in the. It wasn't a church at the time, but where he gets shot in the eye. And he called DeLuca and said, "I'm in." <laughs> he said, "I've always wanted to get shot in an eye." I mean, that was his reasoning. I always wanted to get shot in the eye.
0: Yeah, I read somewhere that he had actually said that, like he wanted that for season of the witch, and then obviously, like.
1: Yeah, see, I seem to remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah, a, a, a fascinating guy, in that. That is oh, yeah. an amazing reason to take yeah. a role in that I've always wanted to be shot in the eye. Yeah. And there's a whole host of other things that were written into the script that are just um, amazing to look at. This film, to me, it feels like it jumps the shark in the first five seconds and then yeah. carries on jumping the shark, yeah. all for the best throughout the movie. Um, yeah. In regards to like the writing of it, were you just like, let's see how far we can push things in certain regards? Because it's, it's bloody, it's like...
1: To some degree. I mean, we, we sort of bickered over... We sort of bickered over the, the basic concept because we first talked about Nick Cage escapes from prison because this cult has, has his, his granddaughter and killed his daughter and took his granddaughter. And and I suggested, "What if we do? What if he's breaking out of hell?" And Patrick was like, "No, no, no. Then you got to see him break out, and you got to set it all up." And I was like, "No, no, no. High Plains Drifter." And he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's good." So that's what we wrote. We wrote High Plains Drifter so that at no point in the movie does anyone ever say he broke out of hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we just did that when they released the trailer. And I was just like, "Wow, guys, why would you?" That's like putting Uber Jason on the, oh wait, they did that too. <laughs> but I mean, I used to joke, it's like putting the penis in the crying game on the poster. And it's just, why would you do that? And I mean, they did it. That's the, that's the only regret. Otherwise, I actually think it's a really good story. I, it, it didn't change very much. Like I said, uh, him getting shot in the eye, we moved that into a church because the weather was going to be bad and we just simply didn't have extra time. So we had to do some rewrites, you know, on the ground. But you know, that, I thought that was great. I still think it's one of my favorite experiences because I've never been in a, a position where we had money to throw at a movie, but in this one we had nothing. And so we we had to think around every obstacle. Mm-hmm. We were we rewrote when we had to rewrite. We weren't rewriting because we were we were getting stupid notes or anything like that. We wrote we wrote because we we wanted to keep making the movie. And I think it made for a much better film. There are elements that seem cheaper than they should, probably, but and we didn't have any control over that. But um, other than you know the whole Nick Cage being from Hell thing being you know put on the trailer and and the poster, I, I really think it's a great. I just think if you had were watching the movie, everybody would have figured that out at different yeah. points, and I think that would have been much more fun. But well, just me. <laughs>
0: Well, you got obviously the wish that Tom Atkins is in the movie as well, and he is, he, he is fantastic. Like, he will
1: um, be, be in every movie that we do that he wants to be
0: in. Amazing, That's yeah. So cool. I have
1: loved him ever since
0: I saw him in um, Halloween Free, the much yeah. underappreciated Halloween Free. Yeah,
1: um, yeah it, it's uh, it is a favorite of mine.
0: So you mentioned, um, yeah, Ghost Rider. I very much look at this as kind of like a spiritual sequel to the Ghost Rider and obviously with your sensibility, I almost fit because I always look back to Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and speaking to one of the directors mm-hmm. of that, like thinking of what that could have been, obviously mm-hmm. uh, given the kind of treatment yeah. that Drive Angry had of being hard R and especially like Nicolas Cage is willing to go to those places. Like yeah. in Drive Angry, we get a scene. I, I don't think I've ever seen it before uh, of a gunfight whilst a man has sex uh yeah. with a woman which is just like as a viewer that's what i mean about the jumping the shark and it's all for the best i love yeah. how just kind of disgusting and vulgar this film will be and just like it's got its tongue very firmly in its cheek and
1: oh very much so.
0: no I no mean- knows what it is and that's that's a that's a great that's a great thing to see in cinema like
1: I mean, Patrick and I at the time I lived about six hours north of Los Angeles, so our our sessions would be Google Chat. We would just be typing back and forth to each other, and every now and then one of us would have a really great idea. And like the whole shooting Nick Nick in the eye thing, that was uh, I just I sent Patrick a chat saying I just had an idea. It may be stupid as hell, but I'm going to try it. And so I wrote it, sent it to him, and he was like, I love it. Same thing happened when I was writing the shootout scene. He called me. He knew I was on that scene. He called me and he said, "All he said was they never stop fucking." I was like, (laughs) "I got to call you back." And I just said that because I mean that changes everything. And then, uh, and then on set, the I think it was the day that we were shooting. Nick Nick informed everyone, "I'm not taking my clothes off." we were like, (laughs) "What?" The actress was like, "What?" And so he was like. This guy would not take his clothes off. He knows the fight's coming. He knows they're there. He's seen them. He's not going to put himself in that vulnerable situation. And I was like, because he wasn't doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah, he like yeah. He's know, I think is afraid to take his clothes off. He loves taking his clothes off. <laughs> it was story. It was character. And I was like, you know what? I can't argue that. That's a, that's a brilliant idea. So he did
0: it. It, it uh, adds to the kind of surrealness of that scene as well. Like, obviously, yeah, his reasoning for the fight's was coming. But as a viewer, it's just, like, this is, like, this is all the batshit that I want to see as, yeah. like, a kind of grindhouse movie. And um, yeah. so, yeah, speaking, like, speaking of uh, you you acting in stuff, uh, like, does that change, does that change, obviously, in regards to writing? are you Are you on set a lot on the stuff that you write? Like, especially... With- this and jason x were you kind of jason x no with jason
1: x i was i was only there for the first the first week and that was because i shot my scenes the first week and then i (laughs) left and later i came back to do some sort of rewrite but i was cooped up in a hotel the whole time but uh and i'm sorry i think i interrupted you what was the rest of the question
0: oh just like uh with with drive angry were you were you were you like were you on were you on set for it? Because obviously you wrote that as well. What, like you're yeah. in that um, and you wrote
1: it. Like- on Drive Angry, Patrick wanted me to be on set. And mm-hmm. so he specifically had to go to bat to get the producers to agree to have me on set. And, you know, I had to... It was one of those things where it was, I guess, sort of humiliating in that I was there, but I was, you know, I was... Everybody gets per diem when you're on set, which basically you get food money for, for yeah. the time that you're there. My food money was at a much lower rate. My hotel was a much lower <laughs> rate hotel. I mean, they let me go, but it wasn't like I was treated like royalty. I, you know, I was, I was not uh, staying with everybody else. I was, but I mean, I was still with the crew. It's just, I wasn't, you know, normally mm-hmm. the writer would be with the director and actors and I wasn't, but I didn't care. I got along with a crew great, And so I, uh, it bothered, it bothered people around me more than it bothered me. I was just happy to be there. But, um, but it's certainly, I think it's certainly, if you get along with your director and you understand your role as a writer, once the movie goes into production, because Patrick and I are writing partners and we're on that movie, but when we went into production, he's the director, he's the boss. And so it is my job not to argue with him, but to make sure his vision happens. And so I think a lot of, a lot of people don't understand that. And Patrick's not one of those directors that'll go out maverick. So I trusted him. And and that's what made our relationship work. But it's nice to be there because like Nick showed up day one, you knew every line of dialogue. And he immediately found me and said, look, I was thinking about, and he's, he had a little uh, script that's about this big. And he's like, I'm thinking about changing this and changing this. And what do you think about this? And I was just like, dude, this is, you have to make it your own yeah and from
0: like from obviously the perception nicholas cage has to like the outer world obviously in the last five or six years he's kind of become this like online meme i don't think a lot of people realize these kind of like smaller stories like that like many many story i've i've managed to like find out is that even to table reads, he will come, he will know the script, like the back of his hand. He's not just taking these roles for some kind of like paycheck. Like the, the guy is in it and he, he very much has like, you, you see it in roles like drive angry. Um, like even, even, yeah. Like the stuff he's, he's picking now, obviously we've had like news this week that Nicholas Cage is going to play Joe exotic in a CBS like TV show. And yeah. it's like, he he is he like I, I yeah i hate to think that people like write him off and like it's amazing hearing that that like he's there he's willing to put it and you can see it on screen like yeah. he plays the straight man in this despite how bonkers everything is he plays it fantastically well and like yeah. was was that how it was on the page you obviously cited high plane Drifter was it like you was that a note that was given to him by 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 by
1: you guys at all or I mean it was no not really I mean it was in this everything that was in the script he kept it's not like he changed yeah, stuff yeah. but he would he would I did the same thing when when I when I was playing Frank I mean I wrote it but I would be on set I would in my head I would, I'm speaking the lines and that didn't sound right I would change lines I mean it's just I've never been a princess when it came to the to the script because yeah. when an actor comes in this is stuff that's just coming out of my head. You have to make it your own. Yeah,
0: of course.
1: Um, with Amber, I mean, Patrick used to joke, Amber's just me with, with boobs. And, (laughs) and it's kind of true because it was just, I wrote her kind of, um, not gross, but, um, she's foul. She talks dirty. She talks like, she talks like a guy in a lot of ways. And, um, and But Amber came on and just, she just nailed it. She well, just, she came that role. It's very much like
0: a breakout role for for Amber Heard, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember I worked in a movie theater at the time this came out. Uh, a big multiplex. I saw it in yeah. 3D. It was, again, it seems like t- touchstones in my life. 10 years old, Jason X, saw the front cover. That's great. The the burgeoning of twenty yeah my early twenties drive angry came out I was like that's that that's a that's a big slice of me, Um, so yeah before before I let you go um Todd just wanted to I always I always ask this obviously I'm not I'm not looking for real dirt or anything like that but Nicolas Cage is a man who's known for for having 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 a few stories that people people have always have that Cage story. Do you, do you have, do you have, do you have a cage story of your own? I know a lot of them aren't very, uh, unable to share, should I say?
1: It's, no, I mean, there's nothing I can't share. It's, uh, it's interesting that going into this, we were a little nervous because, because of those stories and yeah. you never know which stories are true and which are blown out of proportion. You just don't know. And so he, but what happened was he had all of that tech stuff happen before he showed up. Mm-hmm. So he was, and he even joked about, there's a, there's a scene when he's got a gun and he holds up some money in front of it. And he made the joke, you know, these days I have to keep my money in sight. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when he was, he was, just, he was just absolutely great. He's different. He is, and by different, I don't mean his personality is different. I mean, his, the way he must live his life is different from the rest of us. Oh, he yeah. can't. He can't go to a Target. He can't go to a, a Walmart or, a, or um, oh, you're in the UK, so he, yeah, yeah he no, go. no, we, we
0: we 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 we've all ingested enough uh, U.S. Uh, like pop culture to to know all those touch points, don't worry.
1: But he he can't go to Marks and Spencers. Not going to happen, because <laughs> he'll get mobbed. But we did um, about midway through the shoot, we went to we were we were shooting in Shreveport, Louisiana, mm-hmm. which is. Middle of nowhere, Louisiana, and it's um, there. They had a really nice restaurant. You know, the nicest steakhouse you can go to. So it was Nick, Deluca, Patrick, and myself go one night, and we were there for. And we went in. We ordered a couple of drinks. We ordered our food. Several different courses. I think maybe one course had shown up, and. People would come up and they would ask for an autograph or, you know, say, oh, I really like your movies. And it was pretty constant. I mean, we'd talk for maybe two, three minutes. Somebody would walk up. Mm -hmm. He was always an absolute gentleman. He was sweet. He signed autographs. But the longer we were there and the drunker everyone got, (laughs) suddenly the entitlement showed up. So they were like, hey, talk to my wife. Uh, I mean, shove a a phone in next. And and then all of a sudden we were just, it was like the Beatles. We were just swarmed. It's like everyone else saw this happening and thought, oh, I'm going to get in there. And so he looked so unbelievably uncomfortable. He immediately stood up and he's like, OK, guys, well, so I mean, that, so that's it. Right. So we will we, we'll just wrap this up. And the rest of us were all like, oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. And so we took him out to the parking lot where his driver was waiting and he, and he left. And so we all, st- we all stood there and said, "Well, let's go get the food to go. And so, <laughs> so I went back to my cheap ass hotel room with my food and Nick Cage's food, and I ate both.
0: <laughs> well, that, that, that's a fantastic story. So, um, yeah, before, before I let you go, one last thing. Do you have, like, what, what, what's coming up for you? Do you have any, like, writing projects you're working on or anything like that? Obviously, it's a hard time for everyone and everything's yeah. kind of in, kind of limbo yeah. at the moment, but.
1: The, uh, the biggest thing for me right now, I mean, we finished Trick last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is a small slasher film, and then uh, I've got two. I've got a an, another. I guess you'd call it a monster movie that we're going to film in Ireland, Amazing. Northern Ireland. And then uh, there is a uh, there's a, a a movie outside of my genre, a, a, a rock biopic that uh, that I'm working on. And then there's a um, there's a true crime movie that we just closed everything on. The script's already written, which will shoot up. Uh, northern california so there's three things that i mean just depends on when everything yeah opens back up for those three things that are moving forward there are of course probably two dozen things that are in different stages of development because you have to write a billion things in order to get one thing made but uh those are the those are the three that are the, the furthest along it's, you know as soon as we're all well and not getting sick anymore
0: well amazing i look forward to obviously finding out what those projects are when they do surface and I'm sure in the meantime, me and my listeners will be trying to guess who the rock biopic is of obviously i imagine Perfect. you can't you can't you can't really say but uh, <laughs> I no, worries. To, no worries we will We will speculate, and then uh i'm sure I'm sure if someone when it is announced, someone will claim the victor and oh, of uh, course they will feel validated well it's been fantastic talking to you todd uh, thank, thank you very you. much for your time um, i'll let you get on with your day and yeah it's been absolute pleasure talking to you all right
1: well thank you for joining me in my uh shed.
0: no worries thank you for joining me in my just shed
1: shed <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. all right take care see ya.
0: there we go guys there was the interview with todd farmer what an amazing guest uh just it shows you like well no actually you won't hear how he got into the industry as i said this is just a an edited down version of the interview the full interview i'm thinking of putting up on my patreon site so people can listen to it now and at a later date i will just release it anyway onto the main page but if you want early access to that yeah just go over to patreon.com uh, that's p atreon. dot com forward slash caged in pod, and you can find that. I'll pretty put that in like one of the lowest tiers. Just yeah, I've got a load of interviews that I've recorded and stuff like. that. I might start putting them out over there before I kind of share them on the main page and stuff like that. Just a little something for the guys who want to support the podcast and stuff like that. And you don't even have to support the podcast if you don't want to. If you just want to like chat to me on social media and stuff like that, you can find me at uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, just my name actually it's just Petros Patsolovus underscore on Instagram and I'll I'll, I'll throw that in the show notes as well as uh, Twitter and Facebook which is at Caged in Pod and I'm always up for having a chat or you can drop me an email which is Caged in Pod at gmail.com and yeah let's, let's get cagey, let's get weird together let's just talk about like what you thought of drive angry or or what you think of any of the movies or just what what you think of Cage in general good or bad I I don't mind like uh, I've said many times on this podcast I I didn't like go into this as a Cage fan over time I've kind of developed a respect for the guy I'm not just like fanatical like oh I love Nicolas Cage it's just more of a thing of like I get what he's trying to do he's trying to he's trying to entertain us and I think a lot of the time that is what he does so like how, how how can you knock the guy and um yeah before 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 i wrap this whole show up i'd just like to ask you guys if you could leave a rate and review on apple Podcasts. that would be great but instead of just a review i want to do something a little bit different i want you to kind of write what is your favorite nicholas cage movie and why in 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 the review let's do it like that and any of the best ones i'll read out on the podcast kind of shout you guys out and stuff like that like, I, I don't want to just read out like your reviews because that feels a bit like gross and self-serving be like look how great i am whereas like i'd like to know your kind of personal experiences whether it's the first whether it's your favorite just if there's like a funny or interesting story around either of those yeah just just throw it in in that and obviously the more people who leave reviews and like, ratings and stuff like that this can go out to more people and obviously like that would be great for me but like I don't know I don't know if you enjoy it I'm sure you would like to share it with other people and if you do yeah please please do share it even if it's not in the digital realm even if it's just saying to someone hey I think you would enjoy this podcast that would be amazing just um yeah I like to feel validated to rate and review as always guys I've been Petrus Patsilevis You've been amazing, and um, we're all we're all caged in right now. No matter uh, like whether whether the the kind of news out there is cloudy or misjudged, or we we don't quite know what's going on. We are all caged in, so I, I extend my arms out to you. As we're all we're all caged in together, and and, and just just if you think like we like other yeah, you think you've got it bad just being stuck at home. At least you're not ingesting every Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> okay.
1: this podcast is presented by the breadcrumbs collective home of the pod charles cinecast caged in copula connections a drip telling limery main franchised and many more to come our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you please support our shows by subscribing